This is the IBM Cloud Podcast with Dan Bettinger, covering capabilities, methods, and discoveries to help you cloud better. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the IBM Cloud Podcast. My name is Dan Bettinger, and I'm from the IBM Cloud team. Today is a really interesting episode, um, especially if you're a developer or manage development teams. Joining me today is Doug Davis, who's technical product manager for something called Code Engine. Doug, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Can you introduce yourself to the audience and share what you've worked on in the past before we talk about Code Engine? Yeah, sure. Not necessarily in the past, but also in, in addition to my Code Engine activities, I'm also part of the CNCF Serverless Working Group and Cloud Events project over there. Um, I'm also uh, very much involved in a pro- an open source project called uh, Knative. I'm on the trademark committee there, as well as occasionally I do submit a PR or two there when time allows. But before that, I was a developer advocate here in IBM, mainly promoting a lot of open source technologies around the container space, like Kubernetes, Docker, and stuff like that. And what was really kind of cool as part of that experience, I got to do a lot of traveling around the world, racking up frequent flyer miles. But aside from that, educating people on how cool the cloud-native technologies is, the whole container push and stuff like that, and show what the advantages of it are, and teaching people all, all, all about that stuff. So that was kind of cool. That's probably the most interesting thing most recently. And I think you may have done some work around Cloud Foundry in the past. Right? Yeah, did a little bit of Cloud Foundry stuff before that, then a whole bunch of Apache work before those things. You remember the, the web services soap days and you know going way back then for those old timers among us. So Doug, it sounds like the things you've worked on have been geared towards increasing developer productivity, whether it's been working on these heavily opinionated platform as a service stacks or Kubernetes or what you're working on now with Code Engine. Is that kind of an accurate observation? Yeah, I, th- I think it is. And I'm not quite sure why I've tended to gravitate more towards those things other than I just have this general sense that computers are here to help us and make our lives easier. And so it makes sense that then if I have that attitude, I'll tend to look at things like UIs, CLIs, tooling, automation, and stuff like that. Because you know, if I end up having to do it all myself, then what? Then why have the computer there, right? So things are supposed to be easier with computers when it comes right down to it. And I think that's why uh, this whole push of the cloud computing resonated with me, right? Because the whole notion of cloud computing is all about abstracting away the infrastructure or the self-service model where I can either do it myself or, or tell the computer what to do for me. But, it, but for the most part, I don't have to necessarily understand the technology under the covers, right? I just sort of say, hey, make this happen. And I don't care if it's five different VMs have to be spun up in the background, just make it happen. And that's really appealing to me. And that's why this whole move of the community shifting from bare metal to VMs to containerizations to serverless, it's all moving in that direct in that same direction of abstracting away things and getting the developer back to actually coding, which is of course then why projects like Docker really appeal to me as well, because it gave you this wonderful simplified user experience that allows you to to get stuff done really, really quickly in a very simplified way. And I know we were going to be talking about things like Code Engine, which uses Kubernetes. So let me just sort of put it out there right at the very beginning. That's why I had very mixed feelings about things like Kubernetes, because I was coming from stuff like Docker. And Kubernetes is great from a feature perspective, but I don't think anybody would admit that Kubernetes is easy, right? It's fairly complicated to use, presents a whole different type of infrastructure to you. Yes, it's abstracted, but it's still complicated. And so it felt like a little bit of a step backwards. And that's why I was so excited when things like 
Knative came along or Code Engine where it says, okay, great, we're going to use Kubernetes under the covers, but we're going to hide as much as we can from you and get, let you get back to actually getting your work done. That kind of echoes the same sentiment that I feel and hear when I attend shows like KubeCon, for example. And I think directionally, Kubernetes is the platform, the common substrate to run workloads. But what I'm seeing is people don't want to manage pods, right? Developers don't want to manage this stuff. There's no glory in running it because it can be difficult at times, and it doesn't necessarily add true value to the organizations who are trying to make users happy. Um, yep. You know, is this something that you see? And, and if so, what are we doing or what are you doing to help these developers get better? I, I definitely agree with you. And it's kind of funny. Up until fairly recently in private, or as you even said, you know, conferences like KubeCon and stuff, people will kind of joke about the complexity of Kubernetes. But it's also at the same time, one of those little dirty little secrets that people don't really talk about because it's almost like it's sacrilegious to badmouth Kubernetes in any way whatsoever because it is the platform of choice nowadays and it's what all the cool kids are using. But something happened over the recent past, and I don't know necessarily why, whether it's because people are starting to build other platforms on top of Kubernetes, like, for example, Cloud Foundry started shifting to sit on top of Kubernetes and the whole serverless wave is taking off. I think it became more acceptable for people to admit, hey, Maybe Kubernetes isn't the end game, right? Because kind of like what you said, right? It doesn't necessarily add value for people in the sense that that's not where you want them spending their time, right? Value for a company is actually writing code. And platforms like Kubernetes or whatever hosting infrastructure you have is a means to an end. It's just there to get your stuff hosted and running. You don't want your developers spending their time learning Kubernetes because that's not where they should be spending their time. And so... As more and more people were complaining about the complexity of Kubernetes, you started seeing more and more projects pop up, like I mentioned before, Knative, right? Knative is meant to abstract away the Kubernetes complexity from you. Now, it doesn't go far enough, in my opinion, but it takes a huge step forward, right? It says, hey, with two little parameters, you can deploy a whole Kubernetes infrastructure under the covers in terms of hosting your application, and it auto-scales, and life is good. And people became much more accepting of that as, say, hey, maybe this is where we want to go with this stuff. And so now Kubernetes is slowly starting to get pushed into the background, kind of where I think it should be. And out of that kind of thinking is where Code Engine was born, where we decided to take it one step further and say, you know what, can we not just sort of make using Kubernetes easier? Can we actually hide Kubernetes entirely? Because that to me is the ultimate goal. As a developer, if I can make it so that you don't even know you're using Kubernetes, we've reached something closer to Nirvana than we have in the past. One thing I wanted to know is what's Code Engine? And <laughs> this is something, well, it's something you've been working on for a while. And I was yeah. trying to figure out you know, what is it and what are the primary use cases? Yeah. So it's a great question because I've mentioned a couple of times now. So for those you don't know, and shame on you guys for not knowing, you should know this stuff. Now, Code Engine is in a nutshell, basically a platform which you, allows you to run any cloud-native workload. So if you can containerize it, Code Engine wants to be your hosting platform. So let, let's break down what that actually means. Before something like Code Engine, a lot of times people would start out their cloud-native journey and say, okay, great. Uh, I have this type of workload, or let's say I have different types of workloads. How am I going to host this? Well, this particular workload looks a little bit more like a serverless kind of thing. So maybe I'm going to look more for a functions as a service platform. Well, this thing over here, maybe that's a, more like a 12-factor web app kind of thing. Okay, I'm going to look for more like a platform as a service kind of thing. It's like, well, okay, no, I look at this thing as just a container. And therefore, I need to look at something more like Kubernetes, like a 
like a, a container as a service platform, right? So you've got all these different as a service platforms out there. And this is a very important question that somebody has to answer because the minute you choose which platform you're going to host this on, you are then in essence locked into a certain set of functionality. For example, choose serverless, you get scaled down to zero easily. You choose containers of service, maybe not. Maybe you don't get the abstractions you get anymore that you get from serverless. You switch over to a platform as a service and they, sure, it's simple, but then you don't get all the functionality you need from something like Kubernetes, right? So you get all these things thrust upon you once you make this choice. But at the end of the day, we've realized, you know what? They're all just running containers. So why are we forcing users to make this choice? It almost becomes a false choice. So what if instead we said, okay, user, give us your workload, whether you wanted to give it to us as source code, and we'll turn to an image for you by doing the build or whatever is necessary. Or if you have a container image, give it to us, you can jumpstart the process. But then don't ask the question, which as a service anymore, just tell us how you want this thing to run. Do you want it to automatically scale? Do you want it to scale down to zero? Do you want it to be private? Do you want it to be public? Do you want something to be low latency, high latency? It doesn't matter. You just tell us what kind of runtime semantics you want, and we will make the platform conform to you as opposed to the other way around. And once you start realizing that you can actually make that happen, that question before of, okay, which as a service do you want goes away because it doesn't matter. It's you, The user thinks about things now in terms of the, the runtime semantics that they want and because that's what they should be thinking about, right? How do they want their application to behave? We need to stop getting people to think about what is the infrastructure I need to host this thing? Because that's not where they're going to be spending their time because we don't want them to have to think about that. Now, aside from not thinking about it, we don't even want them to have to touch it, see it, manage it, scale it. We'll do that all form under the covers. And it sounds a little bit like a pipe dream to say, hey, it's one platform to rule them all kind of stuff. But I'd actually really encourage people to try it because that's where we are right now. With a container image and two clicks, you get an enterprise application that automatically scales on the internet that's really secure, and you don't manage or see any of the infrastructure. That's the goal, and that's what we have today. So you can take this thing, hook it up into whatever kind of platform you have in terms of CICD pipelines, and it just becomes your hosting platform of choice. And it just makes your life a whole lot easier because you don't have to learn, you know, multiple platforms anymore. You don't have to have different CI/CD pipelines depending on platforms. No more learning about the platforms. Imagine how much more productive your developers could be. It makes sense in, in abstracting away the hard stuff and having that be managed is a, a key benefit to those developers. Again, developers want to write code and you mm-hmm. hit the nail on the head. And it sounds like this is an interesting way to accomplish that goal. That being said, I think customers are using this now. Do you have examples? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite examples is a company called SIB Solutions. So SIB Solutions is a European company that tracks and monitors shipments. They basically just watch the shipment, go through the warehouses, all sorts of stuff. And their purpose is to make sure that the shipments are actually sent to the right place. Because if you think about it, it goes to the wrong spot, that costs someone money. You got to ship it back, or maybe it's then lost forever. Someone has to reship it. Misdirected packages is money for somebody. So they watch the packages as it goes through the warehouses or wherever it is, and they will de- quickly detect that something went askew, went to the wrong place, got put on the wrong truck, and they will then nudge the, the forklift operator or whoever it might be to say, hey, wait a minute, that thing's in the wrong spot. Fix it right now before it gets actually shipped out, right? Great little problem. Real world application. Well, they obviously need to analyze and process lots of data really, really quickly as possible. So they have a lot of really smart people on their teams doing a lot of AI type stuff. Now, obviously, they can manage Kubernetes, and that's what they were doing in the past. It's not a problem. These, Like I said, these guys are very, very smart. 
but that's not where they want to spend their time. You want these big brains working on solving the AI problems, not, oh my gosh, how do I make Kubernetes perform? Or how do I scale out Kubernetes properly? So when they came across Code Engine, they got all excited and they, they reached out to us and we started talking to them and they're all on board and they love it. They love the fact that these smart folks don't have to think about the infrastructure anymore. It's just magically grows, shrinks, and they only pay for when they're using it. In other words, things scale down to zero because most of their stuff is actually done from a nine, nine to five time frame because that's when the warehouses are open. So they don't have to pay for infrastructure anymore during the five to nine hours when it's not actually doing stuff. They just love it. And that to me is like one of the best use cases we have out there of someone who, who found us on their own, saw the benefits of abstracting away the infrastructure, saw the benefits of the auto scaling and, and hiding the infrastructure for them, and they couldn't be happier with it. That's a great story. As part of KubeCon, I saw you do a presentation with another IBM client called European Molecular Biology Lab. Could you please tell the audience what this team is doing with Code Engine and some of the benefits? So EMBL, there's another group of people who are really, really smart. Uh, a lot of big words in their description about what they do, far beyond my intelligence. But obviously, based upon the name, you can imagine they're doing lots of heavy-duty data analytics on medical research data. And they have some really, really high-powered compute requirements. And so what they're doing is they're using Code Engine to support something that a lot of other platforms seem to be ignoring, which is the notion of batch processing. A lot of people focus on what we typically call sort of web app type things. And whether you think of it as a traditional web app with a, with a browser hitting it, or you think of it as a REST API, they all kind of fall in the same category of they respond to HTTP requests. And that's, that's all well and good. But then there's this whole other category of workloads out there where they're not necessarily invoked from an event-driven thing. It's more like they're run at a particular time or somebody pushes a button kind of thing. And then they spin up a whole bunch of workloads to do processing of data, whether it's customer records or analyzing data analytics type stuff or medical research data. It doesn't matter. They're going to be processing data. And when they're done with that data, then it scales down and goes away. So it's a different type of scaling mechanism in place, but it still basically breaks down to the same thing. They're going to have a container that runs for a period of time, gets some job, and then it goes away. So what these guys were doing in the past is they would set up their own Kubernetes clusters, just like the uh, SIB guys did. And they weren't happy with that because, well, sure, Kubernetes did the job for them. Again, they were forced with this challenge of having to learn Kubernetes. They were forced with the cost of having to have these really massive Kubernetes clusters basically sitting around 24-7, but only being used a certain number of times during the day. So it's a waste of money for them. So these folks are using code engine the exact way every other people are. They take their workloads, basically toss it over the wall and let code engine run it for them. And then they get the results back and they don't have to think about it. They don't have to pay for it. They don't have to scale it. They don't have to manage it. Life is just back to where they should be focusing their time on, which is writing these complicated algorithms to get their work done and do the analysis that they need. That's a fantastic story. It shows again, the power and flexibility of code engine. What I'm hearing is Code Engine's a way for developers to focus on writing code and not manage the infrastructure, but it's also a single place for them to deploy container images, batch jobs, source code, etc. So in theory, devs can write code, which is what they're paid to do and what they want to do, instead of caring and feeding for infrastructure and managing platforms. Is that kind of where we land on this? Definitely, yes. When we talk to a lot of people about Code Engine. A lot of people, and rightly so, they focus on price and stuff like that. And obviously, we price Code Engine to be competitive. But I do think it's kind of funny that that 
when people think about the cost associated with their hosting platform, they very quickly focus in on the numbers they see on the documentation pages, right? And obviously, that's a key factor. You should, should definitely look at those. And I'm not saying you shouldn't. But they seem to forget about all the other things that go around it that you don't actually see formal dollars associated with. And it's all the things you were just talking about, right? How much time do your developers spend not coding? Right? How much time do they spend learning something new in terms of the, the Kubernetes platform? How much time do they have to spend figuring out what went wrong in the Kubernetes platform or how to uh, manage it, how to scale it, how, uh, or just the cost of the infrastructure when it's not being used? All these other things have to go into the, the cost factor. And then imagine your developers then having to manage three or four different CI/CD pipelines just because your applications span these different as-a-service platforms. All these things tend to add up. And that's, as you said, that's not where they're, that's not going to be providing value to these companies in terms of providing value for their customers. Only writing code provides value. Everything else is a a cost sink, right? So yes, Code Engine is all about moving the developer back to actually being developers and writing code. Because in our opinion, any time they spend not doing that is a waste of time. So if I'm a developer or I run a team of developers and I'm interested in Code Engine, where do people get started? Do you have code patterns? Do you have information? What do you have? Of course, yes. Obviously, if you go to ibm.com slash cloud slash code dash engine, that's the main landing page. You can go there, find out all about it. If you're already in the IBM cloud, just search in the catalog for Code Engine. Lots of documentation, lots of samples, tutorials, anything you can basically think of we already have out there, and, and they're, it's growing every single day. As I hear about new and cool use cases for people using Code Engine, we put more out there. And one thing I would point out, because I talk a lot about Code Engine being a simplified developer experience, it's hiding the infrastructure. One of the other cool things about Code Engine is that while we do hide the infrastructure, because that's where we think you should be spending your time, right? In the simplified user experience, there are some people, I know there's some out there who really love the, uh, the user interface of Kubernetes, for example, or maybe they have existing CI/CD pipelines and they're thinking, well, okay, that's great. Then Code Engine isn't for me because we already have all this stuff set up and we already know and love Kube Control or Helm or whatever. Code Engine actually lets you still use those. Okay. We do, while we try to hide the infrastructure from you, we don't prevent you from getting to it. So we do have lots of samples out there that will actually show you how you can still use Kube Control to talk to Code Engine. So if you still have workloads that for whatever reason are deployed through Kube Control, that's great. You could still use us. And that's something that I don't think other platforms are going to allow you to do, right? They'll say, okay, here's our simplified user experience, but that's all we're going to give you. Our job here is to not prevent you from doing your job the way you want to do it, but we're obviously going to try to sell you on the better user experience so you don't have to learn the underlying infrastructure if you don't want to. But you can still go there if you want. And we have samples to show you how to do that as well. Okay, great. And we'll be sure to add some of those links into the show notes for this particular episode so people can get started. Nothing stands still. What's next for Code Engine? Yeah, okay. It's a little bit of crystal ball here. So from my perspective, I think we're going to really be focusing more and more on what we can do more for the developer. Obviously, we just went GA, what was it, back in March 31st, so a couple months ago. And to me, it's a journey. I don't think what we put out for Code Engine three months ago is necessarily where we're going to be three months from now. I think we're going to continually notice that there were spots where there are still a little bit of, say, warts or things we need to iron out to say, wait a minute, why are we making the user do this? Why didn't we abstract that away from the developer, right? So I think there are going to be more and more things that we can still remove from the developer's focus 
so that they don't have to worry about those things anymore. And I think that's where we're going to see more and more code engine uh, features in the future. Just what new things can we allow the user to do without them having to think about it as much? I, that's where I think we're going to spend most of our time. Fantastic. I think this is a good time to wrap it up. I know we're all busy. want to be cognizant of everybody's time. So, Doug, I want to thank you very much for participating in this episode and talking about what you're working on with Code Engine. And I want to thank all our listeners. Thanks, and have a great day. Yep. Thank you, Dan. Oh, you know what? I was thinking in the end of maybe keeping some of these things and like after the outro music, slapping in some of this silly pregame witty banter. <laughs>